Hello everyone and welcome back to episode number 10 of Ben's Learning Lounge. I'll keep this introduction short because we've got a lot to get through this episode with my brilliant guest that is Emily Smith, also known as Dare to Fly on YouTube. I also want to give a quick shout out to Alexia and Rebecca for correctly guessing the guest that we were going to have on today through a series of mini quiz questions that you can find on my Instagram. We're always doing interesting things on my Instagram, be that mini quizzes or giveaways, all that type of fun stuff. So if you want to give a follow at Ben's Learning Lounge, you'll find me pretty easily. And yeah, so today we're going to be talking to Emily about carnivorism, not cannibalism, not to get the two confused. It's basically a sort of diet that, well, just involves meat. Why she does it, the benefits of it, fasting as well. A very interesting type of dietary lifestyle, which is very different, very contradictory to the one that seems to be in the mainstream at the moment, which seems to be upcoming vegetarian and vegan diets. So we're going to have a brilliant chat about that and also why it might be beneficial for you to go carnivore as well, or at least learn a little bit about it. All the best. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll pass the mic on to Emily. First of all, Em, thank you for saying you'll be on the podcast. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. Lovely stuff. So we're going to jump right in here and I'm going to ask you, you're a uh, carnivore. What the hell does that mean? Right. So being a carnivore means that you only eat animal products. So anything that comes from an animal. So you can eat, obviously, meat. You can eat the bits that no one wants to eat. <laughs> and you can eat eggs and butter obviously because it's from oh. milk and you can have cheese as well but strict carnivores will only eat meat usually right. just beef but and it, it literally is just anything that comes from an animal i didn't know that you could do carnivore i didn't know it was a thing that carnivore can also be like stuff that animals produce as well i always just assumed it was yeah. just like there's different types of carnivore diets so there's one that's classed as the dirty carnivore, and that's often people who have like spices on their food, because some people aren't tolerant of spices. Cheese as well. A lot of people who go into carnivore, they can't deal with eating cheese, like being lactose right. intolerant and things like that, sensitive. But then there's this really strict, and that's heading to the lion diet, right. which all you eat is beef, salt and water nothing else right i see because i think i've heard and I, this is something that i want to go into a little bit later in the podcast but i think i've heard of that i think that was um michaela peterson yeah, yes, one, yeah right yeah. yeah so i'd like to talk a bit about the the diet later but firstly i want to focus on on you and what your reasons are you've been doing the carnivore diet for how long now so what are we on oh it's about three months now yeah about three months so three months of only eating meat and yeah. products that come from animals so mm. what are your what's your story what's your reason behind that and how's that going for you so ever since i was younger i've had what would be described as a sensitive tummy so growing up i always knew i had sensitivities to eating certain foods particularly white bread or um just bread in general would often make me feel quite unwell but when i was younger i didn't really think anything of it so a few years back, um, things started taking a bit of a turn with my stomach in terms of it getting more and more sensitive, having to be even more careful about what I eat. Um, for example, if I ate any white bread, I would, as disgusting as it sounds, I'd get the poops. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. I would, and I'd have headaches, terrible bloating, really gassy. Um, 
And I was also noticing things like if I get a cold, it goes straight to my stomach. So I'd be being sick, which most people don't really get that, I don't think. No, not at all. The thing that I have, it makes me sick. So I always knew that there was something up with my stomach. And then we're going maybe two years ago, entering into university, I started getting really chronic constipation. And I mean, terrible. To the point where there's, there's been times when I was not going for maybe three, four weeks. Jesus. And I was awfully bloated. I looked like I was pregnant with an elephant. Right. Every single time. And I was, I was on laxatives. I mean, I, was, I went to the doctors and I said, look, you need to help me out. I don't, I don't really know what to do. And they just gave me more laxatives. Then I got into my final year of uni, which was this year. And there was a point where, at this point, I'd cut out most things. I was eating what I thought was a really healthy diet. And I mean, I was, I did, I did intermittent fasting, which I've always done. Um, so I don't eat breakfast. And my first meal would be a bowl of oats with apples, all kinds of fruit on. I had, you know, like flaxseed, um, oh, what's it called? Psyllium husk powder that's really good for yeah. fat, you know, fibre. All, all the things I thought was really good for me. And then for dinner, I would have like, you know, like one of their meals that's like a bodybuilder's meal, like <laughs> rice and then a little bit of veg. That would literally yeah, be yeah. what I eat for the day. But everything sounds, what you're doing there, everything sounds healthy and in order and what I would expect to hear from someone in a profession for them to say to me to eat. Yeah, I thought I was doing fine and I was going to the gym at uni. I was happy for a while. It felt like, right, I've got it. I've cracked it. My bloating had, it was still coming on, but then I would sort of put in my mind, well, you've eaten, so you're going to get bloated. But that's me trying, that was me trying to explain it, I guess. This, This is what caused the worst few months of my life. And I know it sounds an exaggeration, but we were watching Johnny English one night. I remember I remember it perfectly. And I decided to have some ice cream and my brother gave me it. And it was a tub of double-decker ice cream. Oh. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't read the back of the tub and it had wheat in. And I can't eat wheat. Right. I am intolerant to wheat. And that caused a huge flare-up. My stomach was stretched. I looked like a balloon. I was in absolute oh. agony. And ever since then, things were just never the same. It's like it triggered something. Um, Jesus. So just from eating yeah, just that from one eating tub that of ice cream, of wheat, it, then on it. And enough, it just made me so unwell. And it sort of caused things to start spiralling. Every single day I'd wake up with persistent bloating. And I mean persistent I did. I started incorporating more fasting, so I'd fast one day a week. Brilliant! Yeah, I've heard about yeah, the benefits of that too. Because I thought, well, my, it must be that my body's so damaged it needs time to heal from eating wheat or something. One day a week, I'd do fasting, and it would help. My stomach would deflate, but as soon as I ate something again, back to normal. Jesus, I can imagine the amount of disappointment too, yeah. because you've obviously had to deal with that for a number of years and. I think the, a lot of the pain that you probably had through that is very difficult for you to describe. And then to feel like you found a solution mm. in place that's going to help you, you stick into that very rigidly, yeah. but it just nothing is seeming to work here. And it doesn't seem like you're getting the answers from the doctors. It doesn't seem like you're getting the answers from the people you're talking to or online. Yeah. I could, it just it, must be it, such it, distress. It, this was like back in 
oh god this was like may june time so it's only a few months back and so i was yeah. doing everything i was cutting everything out i got allergy tested privately so i paid to get my food intolerance and allergies done came back and said that i was allergic to literally everything <laughs> wow. so intolerance wise it was like cow's milk egg whites um wheat but i already knew that um soy yeast peanuts was a big one so then i and then it was getting worse i was ballooning i was i'll be honest my mental health was absolutely terrible i was i'll be honest, i was depressed i thought mm -hmm. nothing's getting better i look up fat and it was one of them things of like am i just bloated or am i getting fat and i know that sounds ridiculous but you once once when you're bloated all the time it's like it plays tricks on your brain. Like, it was literally body dysmorphia at that point. Yeah, that's all you're going to see. You're just going to, like, yeah. if you're saying you're waking up every day and you see yourself as being bloated, then you're going to be like, well, well it's just really yeah. big. Yeah, it just looks like it's there. Then I got went to back to the doctors again. I got an emergency appointment. And he took my, he just whipped out a temperature thing, gun thing, and he, you know, zapped me. And then he started asking me loads more questions about my stomach, but really specific. He was like, have you like had blood in your poop? Have you had uh, been vomiting? Have you felt really nauseous? Like really specific, mm, like I hadn't even said anything. And I was like, what are you on about? And he says, your temperature is one degree above normal. Oh, is this man trying like, to write oh. you off? <laughs> wait, wait for this bit. <laughs> and I just remember this is the hottest day of the year at this point. This was that day when it was really hot in July, like really hot. And it, so I was one degree over temperature because it was hot, really hot. And he said, I think you, you, there's a potential you could have coronavirus. Oh, get lost. And I said, I said, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? And then he was like, well, what do you mean? He says, um, everything you've explained to me is a symptom of coronavirus. And I said, wait. And I, I was so, so, so pissed off. I was like, so you're telling me that IBS I've suffered with for approximately almost three years probably longer you just had the coronavirus for a really long time and I was that like, obvious? Oh, I knew this was a waste of time I knew this was a waste of time yeah um, but it just goes to show as well with these docs like you know some of them are all right and, and you know because I think people know I, I have a chronic condition and but what they do is that some of these they just want to close the book on you you know, mm, they just want yes. to be. They just want you get want you to get out the door because, as far as they see it, whatever you're you're in for, it's either in your head or you're a bit yeah. of a uh, hypochondriac. Yeah. And they just want to close the book on you, exactly. so they'll just be like, "Yeah, you've you've you've, you've got uh, yeah, you got corona." Yeah. Get the, out amount, of here. the amount of money doctors make for diagnosing people with coronavirus as well is a lot. Of money. Oh, that's a thing. That is a thing, but that's another story. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but, All right, that's juicy. And then on, I was on Twitter, and someone had suggested to me do the carnivore diet and I thought ah. and I was kind of in two minds about it. I was like well I've always struggled to eat meat because it makes me get constipated because it's hard to digest but at the same time what else am I going to do I have no other I don't want to go vegan because I, I know that that would make things worse because it's a lot of fiber um um, I don't know what else to do there's nothing else to do unless I got a you can get fecal transplants where they transplant someone else's fecal matter into your bowel and it helps the um the bacteria grow oh, that's, and that's, heals uh, it. it can it can help people who have SIBO infections right yeah yeah and I thought well I could do that and I looked into that 
and I thought, well, I don't have six grand on me to do Oh, that's that. how much it costs? <laughs> yeah, it's like five, six grand. I thought, I do not have that money to do that. Where as much is the NHS wanted. when you need it? <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, right, I'll do it. And I said to my dad, look, I'm going to go carnivore. I'm considering it. And he said, well, we'll do it tomorrow. And this was back Wait. in July. He said, well, my dad said, well, I'll do it with you. So it's a bit of moral support, but also he wants to lose weight. What a guy. So he said, right, we'll both do it tomorrow. And we went to the shops and bought the stuff. Luckily, someone on one of my Twitter followers is a nutritional health coach, but he specializes in um, carnivore. So he's been doing that for like 10 years or so. And he said, right, I'll go on a Skype call with you and I'll tell you everything you need to do. And so he explained like the do's and the don'ts, um, what I can expect. And then he just sort of said, if you ever need any support, you can call me whenever, which was, I mean, that was like life lifeline for me because I had no idea what I was doing. So I started it, but I started it. I thought, well, I'll eat avocado still and I'll eat a small amount of like goat's cheese as well. But for the first week was the hardest week because you're eating no carbs and obviously your body's been ingrained to basically be addicted to carbs, I guess, and just run on carbs. Your, your energy source is carbohydrates and to cut completely from that, I was, it was like living yeah, hell. Yeah, I think, I think people might not know actually, because I mean, we're certainly surrounded with people who, who talk about these type of things, but people might not know that carbohydrates are of course your main energy source and i yeah. believe that's they go into sugars right yeah. process of so glycolysis when you eat um carbohydrates turns to sugars and obviously fuels your body so the usual normal diet is carbohydrates would be your main fuel source so i'm assuming that at, at that point your body isn't any longer running on the carbohydrates that's running on fats yeah right? so the first week your body is basically detoxing from carbohydrates it is going through hell. <laughs> it was I was really sluggish, tired, uh, headaches, really irritable for the first week. And you didn't step down, right? Because a lot of people who who I've heard have gone carnivore, they tend to do it in these increments, yeah. right? Uh, they'll go from from like a, a standard diet or a sad diet, whatever they want to call it, and then they'll sort of break it down into maybe a paleo. Then they'll yeah. go to the ketogenic diet, right? Yeah, uh, which is uh, they're just eating high mm. fats, but you know, it's still got some foods which could be classed as these high FODMAPs. And then it's carnival, yeah. but you've you've jumped right well, in. I just thought well, there's no messing around. <laughs> just no get messing and around. I, and I, first week was awful. Second week it was insane. So. I still had bloating, but it was a lot less. But I when I looked in the mirror, I could still see it was bloated. It still felt uncomfortable, but it was slight. And then overnight, just what second week in, overnight I woke up and it was gone. It was completely gone. Like it wow. was, it was, it was, ma it was literally magic. And I woke up and I looked and I was like, it is completely gone. And I haven't, you know, I have not done it. And then I'd eat. Eat. And I thought, well, the real test will be eating my lunch. So for lunch, I would have like beef mince with some bacon chopped up. And I had that. No difference. I didn't get bloated. And for the rest of the day, I was completely fine. Wow. And I thought, I've got it. I've cracked it. But that's the oddest thing, isn't it? Because you're just eating yeah, meat. And I, and I, <laughs> like, and what's I, going and on? I, I was worried that I would get constipated as well from eating so much meat. 
and then once you get past that phase of, of your body adjusting my poops would be a lot less but mm-hmm. it would be if when I do go to the toilet it's a really small amount and I th- and that what is it is is that when you eat carnivore your body is using every single thing every single thing that you eat it uses literally all of that meat it absorbs basically like 90 percent of it and so you what you poop out is just a tiny amount whereas interesting whereas, i see whereas when you're eating like lots of fiber the body can't digest it very well so you're when you have like a normal sized poo it is just because your body's like well i don't really need that so i'm just gonna get rid of it whereas what i found is on carnivore everything that i've eaten is basically just completely absorbed and he's get had a use for it. If I react to things now, I will just fast for a few days afterwards because then it gives my body a chance to recover in a way because then it doesn't have to do anything. It doesn't have to work. It just rests. So like so like now today, right, I, I am doing a, a two and a bit day fast and I'm about, I think about, 50 hours in now or so Jeez. so ah so that's another thing actually because people oh, won't amazing. know about fasting about the benefits of it what's going on there i do it as well i do um not as often as i as i did a couple of months ago but every every two weeks i do a um, yeah. like a 36 hour fast i think the the thing is for me is because i do the i guess it would be like what the 16 8 or so um yeah i eat from 12 till 6 usually and do every single day i do that because oh, yeah, so right. I do so intermittent, that's, that's intermittent then, fasting, right? Um, because I just think through carnivore, you learn that you don't need to eat all the time. Because I think everyone's been ingrained that you have to have breakfast, you have to have lunch, you have to have dinner, and now the big push on snacking, you have to have snacks. But it's just you learn that you don't need yes. that because for so like a typical day of eating for me would be lunchtime. I might say. I have a steak, a ribeye steak, full steak, medium rare, <laughs> best way. Um, <laughs> and then that'll do me till tea time. And for tea, I might have like a beef stew, pork belly. Um, I might have chicken thighs wrapped in bacon. Or I might have some seafood. So essentially just two meals a day. And with that, and, I feel and you're feeling satiated feel, from that. And I still go to the gym. I go to the gym three times a week. And I found the interesting thing I found from that is because I'm eating so much meat, the rate that I've gained muscle compared to before is so much faster. And yeah, my, my body changed completely from beforehand. First of yeah. all, I want to say it's brilliant that you're getting better and that you found a way that's actually working for you after all this time because <laughs> you've, been, you've been messed about a lot throughout the period so I think that's brilliant but a lot of people are definitely going to be asking like how with a carnivore diet is that something that someone can maintain how is that healthy where are you getting your nutrients from yeah this is the thing with I think the the thing with carnivore people is wonder where there's not enough nutrients in meat to because obviously with fruit and veg you're missing out on that but I think it's quite surprising when you sort of research a bit more into the actual nutrients in meat because beef has a lot more nutrients than pretty sure like spinach um and does beef is more wow. than just iron and protein it's got like all kinds of vitamins in it um 
when I first started doing carnivore, I did take supplements. So I would have a vitamin tablet. My mum actually, actually said, if you're going to do this, you have to take supplements. And I said, right, fine, I'll do it for a little bit. And the first, <laughs> That's doing the first it. supplement she bought me was a vegan supplement. And I said, loops, Brilliant. I'm doing carnivore. Aww, she's trying. <laughs> yeah, um, so, and then I took um, electrolytes. Is the biggest thing, the big important thing for carnivore is your electrolytes. So I would have Himalayan salt, so pink salt, because that's got magnesium in, and you want that to be really high. Um, potassium, and also for people starting out, because your body's not used to digesting so much meat, take a digestive supplement as well to help your body digest it for a bit. Um, that's like enzymes. Yeah, enzymes, right? yeah, oh. digestive enzymes. So that's all I take, and I still take the magnesium and potassium, um, but and the digestive enzymes sometimes. I, so, I mainly forget how it is, to be fair, but, but <laughs> you get all your nutrients from the meat. It's like if you eat, if you stick to eating really fatty cuts of meat, you're not only getting your fat for the day, I mean, you're getting protein, but protein is, I'd say, the least of your worries for carnivore. You want to be focusing on making sure you get fat because your body is transitioning from using carbs to using fat as energy. So if fat is your fuel source, you want to be in really fatty cuts of meat. And for nutrients, once a week I will eat liver because liver is basically like a carnivore a vitamin tablet because it is packed <laughs> with nutrients. Absolutely Does it matter the liver nutrients. you have? Because I, I, I bloody love chicken liver patty. You can have whatever you like, whatever liver you like. Oh. But yeah, so if if you, you know, and most people who do carnivore will eat liver at least once a week because that gets in, it gets in literally all of your nutrients in one go. I suppose in a way it, it does make sense, right? Because what you're doing is instead of eating the the things that animals would eat to get their energy you're eating mm. the part of the animal that store yeah. those things naturally anyway so you know if you're eating the organs of an animal and of course within its muscles as well they store a lot of those vitamins inside yeah. them right so that's um, how you that's how you're getting them in yeah pretty pretty much i mean there's i'm part of a lot of uh, carnivore diet groups online and the main sources of like nutrients for people is like liver some people eat kidney you know hearts all the bits that no one would want to eat. Yeah. Cow brain. Cow brain as well. Why don't you think that this is common knowledge then? Because this sounds like something that sounds very important for people to know about, it, especially people who go on vegetarian, <sighs> vegan diets. Is it something that you think is well known within I think those it's communities a too? Because if you look recently at the big push behind vegan and vegetarianism and all these articles coming out saying that... Um, I mean, the World Health Organization came out saying that cows and the production of meat is destroying the planet and leading a uh, cause of global warming, which I may add, they had to actually get rid of that article because it was proven to be false. Um, wow, that um, is news yeah, to me. Yeah, the thing about the cows cause global warming with the farts or whatever, and also red meat, uh, that got proven to be false and they had to remove that. Um, but there's this big wow. push, I don't know if you've noticed it, towards veganism, towards vegetarianism, yes. especially plant-based foods. Certainly there's a, there's a level of um, 
guilt that's applied in a lot of these things as well, isn't there? They tend to do push by guilt. But there's a, I mean, if you look at the growth recently in the plant-based food thing, and so you go to a supermarket and the amount of plant-based foods they are now compared to what there was maybe last year has grown significantly. And I think part of the reason behind why, I mean, the not the dangers, but the damage it can have, these vegan or vegetarian, I mean, I think that diet's a very personal thing. So what, what might work for one person won't work for another. So maybe say you went vegan and you flourished on it. I couldn't go vegan because I know it would make me really unwell. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm thriving on carnivore, whereas someone else probably wouldn't. Yeah, there's a great book on that just to recommend to people. I think it's called, I don't know if you've read it yourself, but it's called Staying Alive in Toxic Times. I have not. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it talks about that individual nature of, of diets and how they work for different people. And she kind of gives recommendations about sort of these general recommendations that everyone can follow about eating mm. less sugar, but also more specific ones, you know, about people who might have a slightly better time digesting some foods yeah. rather than others and why some people are much better at being vegans yeah. and much better at being carnivores and how that's why you end up in this world where we have information from all angles, right? People telling us that we should be eating more fat, less fat, more sugar, less sugar, fast, not fast, because a lot of it depends on the body type. It's not that the information's wrong, necessarily. I mean, sometimes it is like you've just brought up, but sometimes it is just the fact that everyone works differently. It's about finding what works for them, right? Cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, what you know, what works for some doesn't work for others. Like I think it's like a print because we all have our own, you know, unique uh, fingerprints. We have our own unique digestive systems. Mm. But I definitely think it's a money thing. The amount of money that plant-based foods and the production of like you know the Beyond Meat and all them things—it's a whole industry in itself. I was reading about, um, so a lot of these plant-based burgers, so you know Beyond mm -hmm. Meat is such a big thing at the moment. Um, one of the big things with that is some scientists in, I think it was in somewhere in the a university in the US did a bit of research into Beyond Meat. And they found that eating Beyond Meat is actually worse than eating going to just a fast food restaurant and having a burger. What? So if you were going to have a plant-based burger that it is it's not a burger because it's been made in a factory out of things that aren't food and they came to the conclusion that if you're going to have a plant-based burger class that as a treat because it's not healthy at all it's the equivalent of going to like mcdonald's and getting a a burger what they are doing is they're taking stuff which is natural and they're processing it into something which you wouldn't expect it to be processed in. So what makes that not man-made and not, you know, mutated and all sorts to make it into something which tastes like a burger? It yeah. just doesn't sound right. Yeah, no one would make a courgette. Like, don't worry, guys. Yeah. Uh, we've we've got courgettes, but don't worry. They're made out of chicken. But we've made it taste <laughs> like a courgette. You'd be very suspicious. Yeah. yeah. So it is quite eye-opening, I think. But, yeah, it's just... I think I've just... I've learned that... Meat is, well, meat is just good. It's healing. And I think um, it made me realise, like, obviously hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, we wouldn't have had, you know, you don't just 
live off like a you know can't just whip out a macaroni and cheese i'm not sure cavemen would be you know cavemen wouldn't be eating like cookies <laughs> they wouldn't be they wasn't eating um no bread they wasn't eating if they were eating grains it certainly wouldn't be you know the things we eat today they were hunting their food they were having meat and that would be their yeah, primary they were healthy people of, because yeah. you know you hear about these reports that humans I've heard that, and you might have heard this too, have the most endurance or stamina out of any species on the planet. Because what we would be able to do is when we went to hunt something, almost everything outruns us, right? So we have to work in packs and we have to be able to work mm. for a long time, finding these animals, tracking them down, following them, following them, following them. Now, you know, most of us, we can't run uh, yeah. three miles, right? Without sti- having a stitch, having to like really need a rest. And it shows obviously that something was going on back when we were evolved then that isn't happening now the thing is i think people need to understand about the carnivore diet is it's called a diet but i would rather it be like a way of eating because people most most people who go on the carnivore diet are people who are unwell and are suffering from um autoimmune diseases um often ibs there's people who have um, gone on it for, what's it called, Hashimoto's. Yeah, Hashimoto's, uh, there's yeah. People, you know, all kinds of things, eczema, skin, you know, all sorts of skin disorders, um, allergies even. Uh, most of the people I've come across are on it because they're not very well. Um, and they've, in most cases I've seen, there's people, there's people who started sort of similar time I did, and the post pictures of, the, the, for example, someone who had awful eczema all over their face, they had acne, they had everything. Within a month, it was their skin was wow. clear. Um, and the, obviously, one of the side effects of carnivore diet for some people is weight loss because obviously you're not eating carbohydrates. Um, and yeah, yeah, pretty much this, that is one of the side effects, but it's not a weight loss diet. Primarily, it is heal um and i don't i don't i don't think people i think that's one of the like the misconceptions is that everyone who goes on a carnivore diet is doing it for weight loss there's a lot of people who do but at the same time most of the people have some um health issue that in i'd say pretty much every case i've seen and everyone i've come across it is it has changed their life and they figured it out. I think kind of building off that, is there anything in particular you want to say to people that maybe you've come across in life who might have asked you about your diet? You know, you say you're a carnivore, but you don't really have time to explain it. You're thinking, Jesus, what are they thinking about me? And you probably know about some misconceptions too. So what would you want to say to people who don't know about carnivorism, but perhaps made some prejudges about you uh, with that knowledge? If someone asked me, I would just say, well, I eat meat. I only eat meat. It's all I need to eat. But for me, it is the solution to the problems that I have suffered with for years. And I know there's people who won't like it. They might in some way be offended by it. But at the same time, I'd say, well, it's working for me. I have gone from being a walking around bloated, really terrible mental health to now where I've gained back my body confidence. I'm no longer in pain and suffering, and I can eat bacon every day if I want to. 
So it's, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> That's a good I don't, it, it's one of them diets where it's not for everyone. It's, it, it, I can see why people will struggle to stick with it and get their head around it, but it is to heal my body. And if you are looking into starting into it, then, and you are suffering from, say, IBS or anything like that, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't second guess it. I would do a bit of research for definite. There's a lot of really great influencers out there on Instagram and YouTube. To name a couple, Paul Saladino is a good one. There's an Instagram account called Health Coach Kate, who is more keto as well for people who are like slowly going into it. But if you start looking into the research into it, there's people who sort of explain what you should and should be shouldn't be doing. Then just go into it be, and go into it open-minded because it's not as I think mean, it's not as scary or as bad as everyone says. It's not limiting as well because you can eat whatever meat you want, and there's plenty of recipes out there to make things and you know, and you'll you'll find that you will enjoy trying new things. I mean, I'd never eaten liver before, so now I eat liver a lot. Yeah, I suppose you, you learn a lot about yeah. foods that you never knew about before and you're more health conscious now, right? Because you're looking at things like your electrolytes and you're looking at, all right, well, you know, obviously I should eat this liver because it's going to have my vitamins in. When I think the normal person, you know, they're the ones thinking that, well, carnivores might not be health yeah. conscious, but when actual fact, it's probably reversed. They're trying to be more health conscious. They know what they're eating. They know what they're looking at. But pe normal people tend not to even consider those things on the diet. I think as well, it's it's a, an eye up. Uh, it's one of the things where you don't have to track your calories as well. For and I think that's a thing. For a, when I started, I tracked my calories just to see what I'm actually eating in a day, and to ensure I don't under eat because obviously meat is very satiating. You don't want to under eat. You want to make sure you actually get your um, calories in. Do you still get sugar cravings then? Because you mentioned about chocolate wrappers and things in, in your past. Do, do you still have cravings for sugar? Does that go away? Does that still stay forever? What, what happens there? It completely there? goes away. I don't believe you. Yes, you will believe me. So within the first, I'd say the first few weeks of doing carnivore, I had really bad sugar cravings, and I mean really bad sugar cravings. I won, I, and it was soon after my birthday, so I'd got a load of birthday chocolate, which I hadn't even touched yet. It's oh. still not been touched. You can send that over if you want. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I can deal with yeah. it. Um, and obviously, I thought, oh, I'm really sad because I can't eat that chocolate. And there's been times like where I would, like, literally, we have some marshmallows downstairs, and like within the first few weeks, I would go take a marshmallow out and sniff it <laughs> and be like, oh, oh no. man, I could just eat that right now. Having dreams but, about marshmallow <laughs> candy world. I, I never, never have cheated once. And that is like, I'm quite proud of that. But your cravings just go and you start craving meat. That is the thing. You switch from craving sugar to craving fatty things. So when I get a craving now, it's bacon or it's pork scratchings and especially pork scratchings um i literally i buy pork scratchings in bulk so i get like a kilogram a time wow. and that'll maybe last me a week 
And look at um, it as you look healthy as well. So obviously it's not, you know, it's not damaging. Yes, the thing is, my dad would say to me, like, you're eating a lot of pop scratchings. I don't think they're very healthy. It's like, it's just like pure fat. Like, for people who think, oh, well, every now and again I'm going to cheat and just eat a bar of chocolate, it won't hurt. I mean, I've read horror stories of people on Carnival who've said, oh, you know, on Saturday I'm going to have a day when I eat whatever I like. And then on Sunday I'll go back to it. And they have vomped, they've gotten so unwell. They, right. Like people who've yeah. had like a bar of chocolate even have said like, it tastes disgusting, first off, because obviously your, your taste buds change. And they sort of learn that sugar is really gross. And then wow. th- their body recognises it as some of, I don't want that, that's not very nice. That's not healthy. What do you think is the best resources for people if they're going to go carnivore? What's what's the plan? And also, how do people know if they should go carnivore? So the best resources for carnivore is, so there's a lot of Facebook. If you're on Facebook, there's a lot of groups you can join. If you just look up like carnivore diet for beginners or zero carnivore, zero carb, sorry. Um, and just join them. And you'll see there's people who've been on there for like no time at all versus people who have been on there, some of which for like five years. Um, And just learn from others. Uh, There's plenty of resources on like YouTube and Instagram. There's a lot of YouTubers uh, trying to think of. Paul Saladino is the biggest. Uh, Sean Berry, Carnivore Yogi. Like I've said on Instagram, all these people are also on Instagram. You've got health coach Kate. Again, I, I'm only limited in my knowledge, but I'm a big fan of Michaela Peterson. Yeah, Michaela Peterson, especially if you go on YouTube, her talk is on there still about her experience with Carnivore. And that is actually one of the videos I first watched when going in, was learning about how she transitioned and how it helped a lot of her health issues. So yeah, Jordan Peterson as well. Um but then there's a lot of books. Uh, one of the books that is really good that I recommend is called The Carnivore Code uh, by Paul Saladino, which talks, it goes into how to sort of go on a carnivore diet, but also Brilliant. the research behind it, sort of explaining how the diet you was on previously is quite damaging. And it sort of goes into that sort of bit, a bit of science behind it as well. Good. That's I think that's what people want, right? Because there's all these opinions thrown around. They want to see it backed up. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really good book if, for people starting out. And what, what was the second question? Just whether how they would know, you think, if they need to go carnivore. How they would know, yeah. Um, I think with the carnivore diet being for... With the carnivore diet being for healing primarily... If you are someone who has struggled with health issues, it could range from, like in my case, IBS, all the way to skin disorders, all the way to, it's even helped people who have had eating disorders. Um, any sort of health issues, carnivore diet is an option that it shouldn't be ignored because if you try it, you might be quite surprised in the way your body essentially thanks you for it because whilst some would say well the carnivore diet is just an elimination diet it is it is a way of eating that is very healing because you're not eating the foods that 
are going to cause you inflammation and you're also getting all the nutrients you need so if you're someone who is struggling with your health or even in some cases people who are struggling with their weight so any of that the carnivore diet is definitely definitely a way of eating Brilliant. that should be so considered. something for people to it's not necessarily for everyone but everyone should at least have a look at it see how they feel about it get their info in and I, and because of as you mentioned before that you did before you went to it, into it is that you did your research you know you spoke to this guy as well he was a health coach you know you made sure you weren't going in blind because i suppose a big problem for a lot of people going into extreme diets is that they're not well versed you know i i went ketogenic for about five weeks and i i thought i knew what i was doing i didn't know <laughs> what i was doing same i went vegetarian once for a month thought i knew what i was doing had no idea both times absolutely messed me up and it was due to my lack of uh, research and looking at the right people, the right examples and just thinking, well, vegetarian means this, right? Or ketogenic means this, right? Um, and that's a that's just a big part which I think definitely needs to be get across to people is that it might work for you if you do your research. Uh, well, okay. So lastly, what I want to know is because you've gave some lovely information here, and I'm sure there are people who want to know more about you or, uh, you know, see what you do. I'm very aware of what you do on YouTube. How can people find you? So you can find me on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is Dare to Fly. I cover a range of content, which is often very fringe content. So mm. from the paranormal down to aliens and things like that. And yeah, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter at DareToFly777. And if you really wanted to follow me on Instagram, it's Ems Australian. It's just full of pictures of probably when I went to Cornwall. <laughs> and every now and again, I'll put on, on my story what I've eaten in a day, which will just be a, every single day, bacon or a bowl of mince. So, Beautiful. I mean, if you want to see... If you want to see pictures of bacon. <laughs> yeah, so... That's how you can. Yeah, I definitely me. recommend checking out your YouTube because you do have some interesting co- stuff I haven't even seen before. You know, because you you led me in with the IBS video, and now I'm looking at learning about aliens and all this type of yeah. stuff. I was like, I wasn't expecting to. <laughs> That's the hook. <laughs> <laughs> you re- you reeled yeah. me in, and I'm sure it'll work on many yeah. others too. They'll find out a yeah. lot more than they expected. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you if you if you do want to find out more about the carnivore diet and like my story i do have a video on that on my channel um which people might be interested yeah, in yeah put a link so, on the um cool on the youtube thank you, yeah. version of this so. at least there'll be a link well brilliant thank you very much em it's been a pleasure having you on uh, it's been a pleasure being here yeah and hopefully we'll uh we'll hear from you soon and hopefully you'll be able to keep up that carnivore diet for now yeah. and you'll keep on being healthy with it it's a brilliant story and it's great to hear just how well you're getting on with it to be honest so i'm sure a lot of people will hear oh, this and be so very inspired yeah, by the messages you. you've gave out no problem talk soon talk to you there soon. we go